This is the day the Lord has made. And on this first Sunday of Advent, may we pause a moment as we follow our liturgy for the Advent candy lighter and the Don Phillipson family comes forward to lead us in the lighting of the first candle of Advent. so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope. Our Lord is the God of our hope. Praise the name of Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. Welcome to this first Sunday of Advent as we join together in this journey we take together to Christmas. Also during this time of the year, there's several ways that we can reach out. One is our Action Community Christmas Shop Toy Drive. You see more information about that. And also our alternative Christmas gift market. And I'm going to invite Kitty Solto to come forward to share about this wonderful opportunity to give. Good morning. Well, Thanksgiving is over, so you know what that means. It's catalog season. This is just a few of the catalogs that have shown up at the Salto House the last few weeks. It's about all I could manage to carry this morning. Full of good stuff. Clothes for Chris, clothes for me, food, more food, toys for grandchildren, toys for grown-ups, jewelry, and of course lots of Christmas decorations. Well, don't get me wrong, I love shopping for Christmas presents, and I love, of course, getting a few Christmas presents, but I especially enjoy the, the special moments with family and friends in the holiday season. But I was thinking about um, a very famous 
theologian named Dr. Seuss, who said and wrote in one of his books, perhaps he thought Christmas doesn't come from the store. Perhaps he thought it means a little bit more. Well, we know that Christmas is more than just shopping. We know that Christmas is the time we celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ. And it didn't come from a catalog. It came to us from God, offering us the hope and promise of love and peace on earth. Also, the life of Jesus Christ was given to us to remind us what we are called to be and what we are called to do in this world. And in that spirit, every year, the Outreach and Social Concerns Committee offers you an alternative Christmas gift market. <clears throat> we have a list of uh, Christmas gifts that you can give that will give that same promise of hope and love to those in need around the world and right down the street. Our Christmas shopping list this year truly does reflect the life and work of Jesus Christ. From the warm and comfort of a blanket in time of need, to food for the hungry and life-giving clean water, from healing medicine to giving hope to the blind so they can see. All of these things you will find on our list this year. So come to our table, pick it up. Think about spending just a portion of your holiday budget on true Christmas gifts. You'll also receive a card and an insert describing the program. You can send this card to honor friends and family as you honor the true spirit of Christmas. Um, this is the first Sunday of Advent. It's just the beginning. It's the beginning of our preparation and our celebration as we move towards the celebration of the life of Jesus Christ on earth. So the Outreach and Social Concerns Committee wishes you all a very, very blessed Christmas season. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> May we stand as we join together in this beautiful hymn of Advent, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, Wonder number 196.
morning, everyone. This is the time of thanks, Thanksgiving. And I personally am very thankful for this church. Uh, you all have helped me uh, spiritually. Uh, some have helped me personally, and I'm so grateful for you. Uh, grateful for the Lord who's helped me through a very tough time. Uh, for a while this year, I was homeless, uh, kicked out of my place where I was living for no fault of my own, uh, went into a depression, uh, which the Lord helped me out of. And uh, this song I wrote in the middle of my depression uh, instead of going deeper. So thank you for allowing me to sing this for you. It's called Trust in the Lord. I hear the music in my head. I, I don't think you, you will hear it, though. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile but you have to cry, when care is pressing you down a bit, you must trust in the Lord and do not quit. Life is odd with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a man who turns about, when he might have won had he struck it out. So don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. He learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So trust in the Lord when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As we continue in worship and as we continue to give our thanks, may we invite forward our ushers to receive this morning's gifts, tithes, and offerings.
praise for these our gifts, tithes, and offerings. During this Advent, may we continue to be your light in this world to minister to those around us. May we continue to be faithful to the gifts that you have given through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us, according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which, you also, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is in with me. Whether then it, is, it was I or they, so we proclaim and so you have come to believe. This is God's word to God's people. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks in the reading of your holy word once more this day. And on the beginning of Advent, we give you thanks that as the words have been heard and read, the page found on page with ink, that it becomes now a living word written upon our hearts. And as the good seed that finds its way to good soil digs deep roots and brings forth harvest, may now this the seed of the word of God dig deeply into the soil of our souls and bring to us now a harvest unto everlasting life through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God, and in whose name we pray. Amen. Before my message this morning, I wanted to share just a few words with you about a letter that came out from the church about a month ago. And it talked about a challenge and an opportunity for our church. The the challenge has been this year that we've had some extraordinary expenses of things that just had to be done. Uh, Water mains that were broken, uh, roofs that needed to be fixed, dangerous trees that had to be uh, removed, uh, which has been very, very expensive. Uh, The challenge has been to pay for those things as well as being uh, responsible to our apportionments. We call our apportionments a portion for others. (laughs) That's how I felt about it too. (laughs) Uh, A portion for others in that uh, we give through our church as well as each church in our district and each church in the conference a portion for others. Benevolences, churches that need a start, uh, churches that won't be able to have a pastor unless we're able to help them as well. And um, also for our connection responsibilities to our district superintendent and office. And yet every dollar that comes in, only 15 cents goes to administration. The other 85 cents goes to that mission for which it is being uh, given. And we have not been able to fully meet that. Our opportunity is by the end of the year to try to be able to come to a place where we can make a, a faithful response to that opportunity for us as a church 
to be a portion for others. And so you have an opportunity to be able to give to the end of the year. I know this is an awful time to ask people for anything. There's so much that has to be asked for, but we're asking you to be in prayer and to ask you to find a way that you might be able to give an over and above gift. If you have your, your card that you received and you responded, we thank you. If you need one, there's one in the office or on the visitor's table. If you can't find one, let us know. We can get you one or just write on your check apportionments. We'll know where it's going to go. We just want to thank you for helping us that in our challenge that we have an opportunity to be able to more fully complete our responsibilities of our connection. So thank you. My sermon today is the same old story. Someone once said, there is nothing new under the sun. Pretty smart fellow. His name was simply the preacher, and he wrote that portion of the Old Testament that we call Ecclesiastes. The full quote from Ecclesiastes 1.9 is, what has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Now, I would suspect that all of the phrases that I have personally heard repeated from the Bible by Christians and non-Christians alike, this is the one I've heard the most. There is nothing new under the sun. You have probably used it yourself. Am I right? Did you know it from the Bible? <laughs> there are so many things that we use in the Bible that we just use and truly don't always understand that. But we understand that there is, obviously, this is such a true statement, because there is very little new under the sun. Now, you read it from time to time of examples of people trying to do something new, like the fellow who was going to sail across the Atlantic in a bathtub. <laughs> now, it's already been done by the fact that Lindbergh sold a flight across the Atlantic, and the man who rode the little sailboat Gypsy Moth, a, a little boat all the way across the Atlantic. So you really have to come up with a new gimmick if you're going to get yourself into the World Book of Records these days. You know, there are not even really any new jokes, as you know from the ones I tell you. <laughs> My jokes are three times as, as old and probably three times as bad as most jokes that you have known. And I learned almost every one of them in elementary school. <laughs> Well, today I want to share with you, though, about a same old story. The same old story has nothing to do with me. What I mean is the story that we hear so often at Christmas, the story of Jesus Christ. As St. Paul tells us in our scripture, it's a story that was handed down even to him, and it's an old story for He says, I preach to you the gospel which you received, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and so we preach, and so you have believed. Now, I could say to every one of you, if I would paraphrase that of St. Paul, I could say to you that I received from those who received, who received, who received, from those they received, from those who received, all the way back to St. Paul who received, who himself received the message of Jesus Christ. Yes, century after century, it has been the same old story. And one of the frustrations that I face, and I know Brian faces every single Sunday as we prepare a message to bring to you from the pulpit, is how can we take the same old story and tell it in such a way that we might hear it as we have never heard it before in a new way? 
How do we, as called by God, with a holy desire to communicate the unsearchable riches of Christ, to describe the, the height and the depth and the breadth of the grace of God, to somehow share those possibilities of a new creation in Christ, which is told in a different way. How to share the renewing understanding that our sins can be forgiven and let be known the power of God's salvation in our lives in Jesus Christ and the work of God accomplished through the cross of Calvary. It's a story that most of us have heard again and again and again. You're going to hear it again in Christmas as we remember that Jesus was born. Most of us, if we are in Sunday school, heard it from teachers and over the years. And how do we take this message of the gospel of God's good news and tell it in a new and a vital way. Is there anything new under the sun by which we might share the good news of Jesus Christ? Now, again, you know that I enjoy and use a lot of humor in my life. I do that for several reasons. I believe, first of all, that God wants us to enjoy worship and that humor can bring us to hear new ways, old things and old stories. Now, I find particularly nothing very religious about sour pusses in church anyway. And until you can laugh at yourself, our circumstances and our situations will never be able to hear the serious word that God wants to speak to us. I tell people this all the time. Do not worry about people laughing at you. They already are. <laughs> Go home and look in the mirror, and if you don't get a good laugh, about your looks, then you aren't looking very good. That's why I always shave with my glasses off, so I don't have to look at myself. But how do we say the same old story in a new way? The problem is, of course, that because it is so familiar to us, it is easy that the passion of the gospel is replaced by a description of it, which would be like reading a cookbook to a person who's hungry rather than providing them with something to eat. They're two different, entirely different things. It's the problem we face in Advent as we come again to Christmas. How do we take this so familiar word that Jesus was born, came into our midst, and lived and sacrificed his life and rose again and make it new news. In my pastor's heart, as I know it is in Brian's, is our longing for all of us to hear again the truth that Jesus Christ is alive and available to anyone who will put simply out their hand and take the hand of God and know that God walks with us. For when we touch him, we touch reality as it has never been understood before. For in Jesus is the word of God made flesh. God's world and word in human flesh come into the world. And yet how do we portray that message in a new way? Most do not realize the great dilemma of a pastor who strives every week to present the understanding of Christ's worship and fellowship in new ways to help all people in every seat for every person to be able to come to a deeper understanding of their faith. And oftentimes the preacher finds himself in the middle. One week we preach on grace and someone comes up to you through the line and says, you know, you let them off too easy, pastor. Why don't you preach on the law? And so the next week you preach on law and someone comes up to you and says, preacher, you're too hard on us. You need to preach more on grace. <laughs> One week we use contemporary hymns and someone says, why can't we sing the good old fashioned ones? And so we sing the good old-fashioned one, and someone comes up and say, why can't we sing the new ones? 
Another says that in my Methodist church in which they grew up, members would say amen. And when they agreed with the preacher, another person said, you know, I wish those people who said amen would stop saying that. That wasn't the way they did it in my church. Others say we need a looser liturgy and we loosen up. And then someone says you need a tighter liturgy so we lighten them. Guess what? They say we need a looser one. Someone says we need to be more mission-minded as a church and become less ingrown and be concerned with others in other lands. Someone says then that you're too mission-minded and too outward-looking and we need to take care of those of our own. A preacher preaches on our commitment to the world and social injustice and someone says you're not being spiritual enough and the pastor then preaches about deeper spirituality and someone says that you're not being socially aware enough. You ought to be a preacher for just one month. All I can say is, I think I need to retire. <laughs> I have always said that the church is like our own families. A congregation is little different than the nuclear biological family in which we were raised. Did you always get along with your siblings? Uh, Stephen, you shouldn't lie in church. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> only, chi- only child. <laughs> Bravo, he was listening. Did you always get along with your parents? Did your parents always get along with you? <laughs> and that's what we are as a church family. May you never forget that just as each child in your family could be different from all the rest. So we are so tremendously varied in backgrounds, theological perspectives, and social and political convictions. We're persons who used to be Baptists and Presbyterians and Episcopalians and Catholics and a, and a dozen other denominations, but we're gathered here today as true and good Methodists. I don't even believe that. We're gathered together here today as true followers of Jesus Christ. And that's what brings us together, not all the things that separate us. We must never lose sight of the truth that one of the inherent strengths of the Methodist Church is that John Wesley, the founder of our movement, had only one prerequisite to become a member, that our hearts were as his heart, filled with a desire to know the salvation of Christ and to be in fellowship and love one another. And he said, if that is your heart, then he says, give me your hand. And he would say, by taking your hand, you're a brother in Christ. Wesley tried to take that same old story of Christ's love, and he tried to communicate it in new ways. And what happened? He got in a heap of trouble. He went outside consecrated walls of the church and preached in the fields, and he was thrown out of the church. He preached an understanding of faith in Christ that was experiential and vitally personal, and people said, you're too enthusiastic, and every pulpit of the Church of England was closed to him. Matter of fact, the Bishop of Lincoln told the congregations of England that any pastor who lets John Wesley preach from your pulpit would be themselves turned out from their churches. Why? Because he was different. But what he did, with no place to preach, he went out to the fields, he went to the mines, he went to the places where nobody would go that was a respectable member of the Church of England and brought people together because they were all the same. No, heavens no, they were completely different, but he had one thing that he brought them together in, to simply worship Jesus Christ. 
And so for us, though, we work out our faith differently. We must always keep the unity of our faith in Jesus Christ before us. I think that the ultimate answer for a new understanding of looking at the same old story is to realize we don't need to make the story new. But we do need to make ourselves new to that same old story. I remember several years ago I was co-officiating a funeral service with a Lutheran pastor, been in the ministry seven years. And he told me he was going to leave the ministry. And I said, why? And he told me, I hate preaching. I can't think of anything new to say. You can't think of anything new to say after seven years. I could take the Beatitudes in the three chapters of Matthew and I could preach on them for the next 25 years and still have something to say. How sad that a minister would think that the same old story was not new enough to be able to get into it and describe the riches of God. Nothing new. There is something very new when we open our lives to the same old story. It's a story told many times and in many ways, but the message is the same. The same story, the same Jesus. You see, I don't have to make up anything new for the story. It's already there. I don't have to make Jesus Christ any better or anything else because he already is. What I have to do is to make myself new for an old message that can still change the world, my life, and every one of us gathered together here today. Because you see, as we start today, the journey of Advent, God can change every one of us to be something new with a message that's 2,000 years old. You see, that's God's miracle. Amen. And it happens today in each heart that says, oh God, make me new. Let's pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks that we can be made new in Jesus Christ. We don't need a new message. The old message is good enough. If we allow it to find a new place, a new birth, a new understanding in hearts and minds and lives and souls. Oh God, for each of us today, in the beauty of this time of the year, might the journey begin to a new experience of you in everything that we are through Jesus Christ. Amen. Though this message is one that we hear over and over, it's a message that has been shared the world over throughout the generations. But may we receive the gift of the sacrament of communion anew today. As we remember the night that Jesus was with his disciples and he took bread and he broke it, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. When you receive this, do this in remembrance of me.
And following supper, Jesus took the cup of wine. He raised it. He gave thanks. He said, this is my blood which is shed for you. When you receive this, do this in remembrance of me. Merciful and loving God, we come to the table today to receive the gift of your grace and your mercy. Prepare our hearts to receive these as we admit our sins against you and one another. As we come with the same story, might we experience a newness in our faith. For we know that through your life, death, and resurrection, the old has passed away and the new has come. So glorious Lord, may we proclaim the mystery of our faith as we receive these gifts that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. That in so doing, we will proclaim with the heavenly hosts our loudest hosannas. We ask you to meet us here through your spirit, through your presence. Prepare our hearts this Advent season through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. As the ushers and communion servers come forward to receive communion today, all are welcome as always. You don't need to be a member of our church, United Methodist. We'll invite you to stand on the, uh, at the altar rail as our servers serve you. May we join together in our hymn 230, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
thanks, O Lord, as we join here today to receive this communion. We give you thanks that we, together as a community, might continue to pray with and for one another, that we lift our voices together this day to offer the prayer that your Son, Jesus Christ, taught, that together we too may pray, Our Father, Our Father who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will you please stand as we join together and shalom to you as found in your bulletin. Give a little squeeze. May you remember the warmth of this day and the joy of holding one another's hands as you go forth to experience a refreshing rain. May you have a wonderful day to love and to serve, to tell the story, the wonderful story of Jesus Christ. Now go in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to love and to serve this day forward. Amen. Amen. Amen.